Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello, Sixpackers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 77. This week we're adding a new feature called Catholicism 101, which will be after Catholic News Picks. I think you'll like Catholicism 101, so listen to the whole episode to be sure you don't miss it. Now let's get to our main topic. The USCCB and the vast majority of bishops who make up this abomination of God are corrupt to the core. I don't like having to call out bishops for the evil things they do, but this show will nonetheless always draw attention to bad bishops. We can't do anything about removing them, but we Catholic laity can make it painful enough for them to motivate them to possible change, or at least to make them start acting more like bishops. Remember, change only happens when a person has suffered enough. In this episode, we're going to see if we can make Bishop John Stowe suffer just a little bit. (laughs) I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. No one ever really noticed Bishop John Stowe of Lexington, Kentucky, until last year when he drew the attention of the media by issuing a prayer card celebrating homosexual pride. The card featured an image of a crucifix with rainbow colors coming from it. It was produced to be distributed at pro-homosexual events. 
One of those events, the one which made the media sit up and take notice, was an LGBTQ retreat at the University of Notre Dame, which was once a bastion of Catholicism in North America. The laity of Lexington certainly know who Bishop Stowe is, though. The bishop's laity bandy about descriptive words like incompetent and heretic. Sounds like they know him fairly well. Bishop Stowe has a long track record of embracing both homosexuality and transgenderism. In 2017, two years after he was made bishop by Pope Francis, Stowe spoke at a New Ways ministry conference. Even though the so-called Catholic group advocates for sexual marriage and has been condemned by the Vatican and U.S. bishops. At the time, Bishop Stowe said, Christian morality is more concerned with the well-being and dignity of the person than with rules, norms, or commandments. Jesus seems to teach this on many occasions. Think about that statement. Let me repeat it for you. Christian morality is more concerned with the well-being and dignity of the person than the rules, norms, or commandments. From this statement, we have to conclude that Bishop Stowe is either a heretic and complete traitor to the faith of Jesus Christ, or he's rather stupid and too incompetent to lead his diocese. Where was John Stowe when they were teaching moral theology in seminary? He certainly didn't learn this garbage in a Catholic seminary. No, Christian morality is not more concerned with the well-being and dignity of the person than with rules, norms, and commandments. For starters, the entire basis for Catholic morality is the Ten Commandments. There wouldn't be any Catholic morality without them. And God's commandments say or imply nothing about well-being and dignity. If we obey the commandments, that obedience certainly promotes our well-being and dignity. But by definition, the entire LGBT agenda is all about disobedience to God and his church. I read an article about Bishop Stowe producing a sellout video for Gay Pride Month. Apparently, June is Gay Pride Month. My ignorance of that tells you how concerned I am over gay pride. And by the way, I demand equal justice, so I demand we establish a Catholic chaste heterosexual pride month. I'm beginning to think there are fewer of us than there are of the perverts, so we're a targeted minority who deserves our own pride month. Anyway, I watched Stowe's video. The video is a mere four minutes in length, and I was amazed to learn how many really Stupid, wrong, and diabolical things could be said in that short period of time. For instance, Stowe told his diocese's perverts, I hope to continue to learn from you and continue to make our church more welcoming, more inclusive, and more justice-oriented. He also bought into the whole systemic racist and white privilege thingies. He said, at this moment of great division and suffering in our country, I especially greet the LGBT community of African Americans and other minorities. As painful as it is, I'm glad that the time has come that we're beginning to confront, and really it is just the beginning, our white privilege and the other ways in which a dominant culture has oppressed those of a variety of minorities. He also said, 
I'm happy to greet you during this Pride Month and happy to say a word of gratitude to you for the way that you strive to integrate your faith and your identities as people of God, children of God. I'm sorry that the church has not been as welcoming as it should be in many cases, he said. I'm sorry that the issue of sexual orientation has become so divisive in our church, in our community, rather than expressing the compassion of Jesus and recognizing how he always reached out to those who were on the fringes and on the margins. Bishop Stowe seems to be forgetting a couple of things here. First of all, it's not possible for the LGBT community to integrate their faith into anything resembling Catholicism. Consider his same statement with a small change in nouns. I'm sorry that the church has not been welcoming as it should be in many cases. I'm sorry that the issue of satanic worship has become so divisive in our church, in our community, rather than expressing the compassion of Jesus and recognizing how he always reached out to those who were on the fringes and on the margins. Does that statement make any less sense than Bishop Stowe's? When Stowe explained expressing the compassion of Jesus and recognizing how he always reached out to those who were on the fringes and on the margins, he failed to mention that Jesus always tempered his compassion with the command, Go and sin no more. Stowe spent some time praising a pervert leader within the diocese, a man who operates with the bishop's full sanction. He talked about how this man, J.R. Zerkowski, had, quote, hosted an evening of song and prayer uniting the whole community and people of different faith traditions right here at St. Paul's Church. And he was deeply moved and really had to share with me what he experienced from so many members of the LGBT community who said that they had not stepped into a Catholic church for a long time. Stowe praised how advocates of accepting homosexuality within the church, quote, put the rainbow flag outside of one of the diocese's churches, the rainbow banner welcoming all people. They've achieved some spotlight both locally and nationally for their message of inclusion. <laughs> In 2018, Stowe refused to condemn one of his parishes flying a rainbow banner outside the church. Instead, a spokesman for the Diocese of Lexington said that making this kind of statement is a decision up to each parish. Hmm, that sounds suspiciously like Luther, having the ability to create whatever belief system we want. How do you think Stowe would have reacted if a parish church had flown a Trump 2020 flag? I think we all know the answer to that. Stowe also praised Zerkowski for attending gay pride events, offering a listening ear, a compassionate face, and an outreach. He then said practicing homosexuals and those living as a person of the opposite sex are part of the body of Christ, which is the church. He said, I'm sorry that you have not always been made to feel that way. We do value you. I'm glad you're taking your faith seriously and striving to grow in it. The bishop didn't explain, however, how contradicting church teaching, both in word and action, amounts to taking your faith seriously. 
I seem to recall Jesus telling us in his Sermon on the Mount to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Considering God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for homosexuality, and Paul condemns its practice repeatedly throughout his epistles, and scores of church and papal documents do the same, how in the world can he say these perverts are taking the Catholic faith seriously? One such document is the most authoritative teaching document we have, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. In paragraph 2357, it says, Basing itself on scripture, which presents homosexual acts as acts of grave depravity, tradition has always declared that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered. They are contrary to natural law. They close the sexual act to the gift of life. They do not proceed from a genuine, affective, and sexual complementarity. Under no circumstances can they be approved. I think this is a good time to remind everyone of an important fact so no one thinks we're against the homosexual person. We must remember that it's homosexual activity that's immoral, not the homosexual person. Although being homosexual is disordered, as long as the homosexual lives a chaste life, it's no more immoral to be homosexual than heterosexual. The sin is in the act, not the proclivity. While LGBT groups are in and of themselves problems for the church, they're only a problem because of bishops like Stowe, or jellyfish like bishops who have no backbone and are afraid to proclaim Christ's truth about human sexuality. A bishop has very few responsibilities. If you speak to them, and I personally know many of them, they'll tell you they've got many, many very complex responsibilities. But that's only because long ago they ceased being bishops and began living and working as corporate CEOs and greaseball politicians. It's not supposed to be that way. A bishop only has four responsibilities. One, like all Catholics, his first responsibility is to strive for sanctity, personal sanctity. Two, like all priests, it's his job to administer the sacraments and pray for his people. 3. A bishop has the responsibility of shepherding his people with the love of Christ. That means teaching always and only Catholic truth every time he preaches a homily. And that means all the truth, not just what he feels comfortable with. 4. His final responsibility is to use his episcopal power from the fullness of the sacrament of holy orders to consecrate other men into priests, that they in turn can administer the sacraments, pray for the souls they're responsible for, and to preach and teach the entirety of divinely revealed truth in a way that isn't watered down milk toast. Bishop John Stowe has strayed far from his responsibility. In fact, from his own words, we can ascertain that he doesn't believe in Catholicism nor live it. Am I picking on Bishop Stowe? Sure I am, and I'll pick on any other bishop who behaves as he has. Why, since we can't do anything about it? For a few very good reasons. First, if you don't know what a bishop does, you can't pray for him with any specificity. Second, starting a groundswell from the laity has been known to work to either convert or remove a bishop. Conversion is always preferable, but rare. Finally, we all have a responsibility to admonish the sinner. 
even bishops. That's what I'm talking about. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to National Catholic Register. The Justice Department praised the Maryland County Council for protecting the First Amendment rights of protesters and said it now expects them to extend the same protections to religious gatherings. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number four. Hats off to National Catholic Register. Don Shula was well known as a great coach for the Miami Dolphins. In fact, he's the only one to coach perfect season. But Shula, who died recently at age 90, was also proud of another record. We never missed Mass. Even today, I try to attend Mass every day, he wrote in his book, Everyone's a Coach. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. That's awesome! Catholic News Pick number three. Hats off to the Atlantic. One-fifth of the residents at a Catholic nursing home in Delaware have died. The Little Sisters of the Poor who run the facility were founded for a moment like this, but even they admit they're shaken by the coronavirus. We may have 13 deaths over a year. We had 13 deaths over a period of three weeks, said Sister Raymond Elizabeth Kortenhoff. One man, I was praying with him a while with full garb on, rubber gloves, goggles, masks, gowns. It's just so unnatural for us. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number two. Hats off to National Catholic Register. John Scott was the MVP in the 2016 NHL All-Star Game. Now, the father of six lives in northern Michigan and attends the traditional Latin Mass. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. I like that! Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to the blaze. 
A Harvard University law professor is arguing that homeschooling is used to dangerously indoctrinate children with extreme ideologies such as Christianity. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. No, 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 no! Catholicism 101 is the segment where Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, gives you little thumbnail lessons to help you better learn and understand the Catholic faith. Here's this week's Catholicism 101. When talking about religion, I find it sad when I hear people say things like, the only thing that matters is that we believe in the same God, or one Christian religion is just as good as another, or let's just agree to disagree. Why are these comments saddening? Well, they all demonstrate a scandal of Christianity. The scandal is there's so many Christian religions to choose from that people have become indifferent to the whole idea of thinking about which church is the right one. But we Catholics can honestly and should assertively say Jesus founded one Christian religion, and that religion is the Catholic Church. The ecumenical movement of the 70s did far more damage than good. We squandered a perfect opportunity to gather millions of converts to Jesus' church, but those leaders of the movement were terrified about the idea of offending non-Catholics. In reality, we should have demonstrated to people the things we have in common with their Christian religions, then led them to the reality of the church founded by Christ. And proving the Catholic Church is the only one founded by Christ is the focus of this Catholicism 101. There are a number of proofs that the Catholic Church was founded by Christ. The first one I always point to is history. St. John Henry Cardinal Newman, arguably the greatest Christian apologist of the 19th century, was before his conversion a member of the Oxford Movement, which is a vehemently anti-Catholic organization in England or at least it was. Fellow members tasked the young Anglican scholar with writing a history of Christianity. On the day his new Christian history was rolling off the printing press, Newman was being received into the Catholic Church. When asked what caused him to turn from his vehement anti-Catholicism so much that he actually became a Catholic, his response was quite simple. He said to know history is to be Catholic. Why? because history alone proves that the Catholic Church was established by Christ. We should all read church history because nothing is going to instill more pride about our faith than doing so. By the way, it was also Cardinal Newman who said the greatest tragedy in the church is an ignorant laity. That's just a little food for thought. That Jesus founded the Catholic Church can also be proven from sacred scripture. The establishment of the church came in the very act where Jesus made St. Peter the first pope, Matthew 16, verses 13 through 19. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, 
and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This passage is incredibly pregnant. Indeed, so much is said in these few words that we can't possibly cover it all here, but I will in subsequent weeks. For now, though, let's just deal with the elephant in the middle of the room. Anti-Catholic Protestants who believe in sola scriptura, the belief that all divine truth comes from the Bible alone, love to bring up the fact that the word Catholic is nowhere in the Bible. Well, that's certainly true, but it's a paper tiger argument. After all, neither Trinity nor Bible are anywhere in sacred scripture, yet all of Christianity believe in the Bible and Trinity. The earliest known use of the word Catholic comes from a St. Ignatius of Antioch in the year A.D. 107. Writing to other churches, called dioceses today, while on his way to his martyrdom, St. Ignatius wrote, Where the bishop is, there let the multitude of believers be. Even as where Jesus Christ is, there is the Catholic Church. Notice that St. Ignatius didn't write of the Catholic Church as if he was giving it a new name, but rather as though the name had long been in use. Ignatius was a disciple of Polycarp. Polycarp was a disciple of the Apostle John, and Ignatius knew him too. It's reasonably safe to assume, then, that the church was probably called Catholic during the latter part of the first century. And it's likely that St. John knew the church by the name Catholic since he died around the year 100. What's the significance of the word Catholic? Well, it comes from the Greek word katholikos, which means universal. The Catholic Church is most certainly universal. That is, it's for all men of all times in all places. St. Ignatius is the earliest recorded person to call the church Catholic, but he most certainly isn't the only one to do so. The martyrdom of Polycarp, written in AD 155, mentions the Catholic church in three passages. Tertullian uses the word Catholicos when he means the Catholic church in AD 200. St. Augustine uses the same word in AD 340 as a synonym for the church 240 times in his writings. Now, as mentioned earlier, the evidences for the Catholic Church being founded by Christ are far too many to cover here. Time simply won't allow all of it. We will, however, cover this topic in its entirety later. Howdy, hi there, friends and neighbors. This is your old pal, El Monte Slim, telling you to start reading Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy's weekly column in The Wander, America's oldest independent Catholic newspaper. The folks at The Wander have made a special trial subscription offer just for you Sixpackers, and it's only $39 for six months. That's only a buck and a half an issue, less than a cup of coffee. Joe has a subscription link in his show notes. So listen to your old pal El Monte Slim and subscribe today. The Catholic Church is 2,000 years old. A lot of wisdom is gained over two millennia. Each week we'll share some of that wisdom with a Catholic quote. So here's this week's Catholic quote. 
Our Catholic quote this week is from Archbishop Charles Chaput. He said, Evil preaches tolerance until it is dominant. Then it seeks to silence good. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. Timmy went to a children's party. One of the games was a treasure hunt in the garden. Each child was given an envelope containing the first clue. Timmy's message said, Look in the old tool shed. Searching the tool shed, he found another message under a flower pot. Try red. The only red he could see in the garden were some geraniums, and among them he found a third message. Apples are best. He discovered an apple tree, and after examining it carefully, found a tiny note tied to a branch. Three steps to the south. Three steps brought him to the garden wall, where he noticed a hole in the bricks. In the hole he found the treasure, a silver dollar. When he got home, Timmy told his mother about the game. She said, I hope you thank Mrs. Smith for the silver dollar. I thanked her for the party, but not the silver dollar, because I found it myself. Silly boy. Mrs. Smith asked you to the party. She put the dollar in the wall for you, and she arranged all the clues for you. Did she? Well, next time I see her, I'll thank her for everything. The many beautiful things you see in nature, such as flowers, fields, rivers, and skies, are all clues leading you to find God. You think how wonderful the person must be who made all these things. God made all things that through him you might find the treasure, which is God himself. Help your fellow Catholic six-packers. They need to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, and you can help them find it better if you leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Leaving a review will make it easier for other Catholics to find the Cantankerous Catholic, because reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show it more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. This has been the Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.